Hello and welcome to the research podcast from Georgia State University, available wherever podcasts are found. In each episode, we highlight interesting and innovative research happening at Georgia State. We feature a different faculty member and a different topic each month, so you can learn more about research taking place across the university. I'm Jennifer Rainey Marquez, your host and Associate Director of Research Communications at Georgia State. And my guest in this episode is Christina Fuller, Assistant Professor in the School of Public Health. Dr. Fuller works in the field of environmental epidemiology and exposure science. And today she's going to talk about her research on outdoor air pollution in Metro Atlanta and the role that trees may play in protecting people from the health effects of this pollution. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Fuller. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, I would like to get started by laying some groundwork so that listeners can have a better understanding of what it is that you're studying. So your current project is specifically focused on something called ultrafine particles. Can you please explain what these are? Yes, I can. Ultrafine particles are part of particulate matter um, that many of you may have heard about, but particulate matter are solid droplets or solid particles in the air that comes in different shapes and different sizes. And the smaller the particle, the deeper they can go into your lungs and can cause damage. Ultrafine particles are less than 0.1 microns in diameter, which is many, many times smaller than the width of a human hair. And in fact, they are so small that you wouldn't even see them in the air or know that you're breathing them in, but they do affect your health. They are related to several different diseases, such as respiratory disease, including asthma, and also lung cancer. And one people may not know about is heart disease. And in some, particulate matter is linked to up to 4 million deaths each year worldwide. This is, I think, a connection that may be surprising to some people between heart disease and air pollution. How are these particles contributing to cardiovascular issues? Cardiovascular issues, many times we say heart disease, it's a chronic condition that causes um, morbidity and death among lots of people in the United States and across the world. And you're right, many people don't know that it's also um, can be caused and related to air pollution. Different conditions like high blood pressure can put you at high risk for um, heart attacks. And that's associated with air pollution as well. When you breathe in the particulate matter from air pollution, it causes an inflammatory response in your body. And that results in many cascading effects that can cause inflammation throughout your body and put you at high risk for cardiovascular disease. And it can also affect the way that your heart beats via the autonomic nervous system. And that can throw off things like your heart rhythm, which can also put you at greater risk for heart attack. If our listeners are anything like me, they are probably thinking that they would like to avoid these particles. Uh, Where are you most likely to find them? Ultrafine particles and particulate matter come from many sources like car and truck exhaust, cigarette smoking, forest fires, and even from cooking and cleaning. But particularly in cities and suburban areas, we're concerned about ultrafine particles from traffic. 
and levels of ultrafine particles are particularly high next to busy roadways and highways. And that can be an issue for people who live or work close to uh, major roadways. We have so much construction going on in the Atlanta area right now. And a lot of it is happening along transportation corridors, which is going to potentially increase exposure to ultrafine particles for people who will end up living there or working nearby. You are studying how trees might be effective at reducing the concentration of ultrafine particles in the air. How can trees do that? That's a very good question. Um, so first of all, Nationwide, there's several million people who live within 500 meters of a highway, which is about five blocks. And that's really a high exposure area to ultrafine particles. So when you think about trees serving as a barrier, think of it like passing water through a Brita filter, only this is a tree filter. So some of the ultrafine particles will get physically stuck to the leaves or needles of the trees. And also, particle-filled air flows through the trees and it mixes with the air. So that causes particles to stick together, they become larger and heavier, and they drop out of the air so that you don't bring them in. So for existing communities that are right next to transportation corridors, this may serve as a way to reduce the pollution. That's fascinating. So can you talk a little bit about how this study came about and what exactly you're looking at? Several years ago, a group called Mothers and Others for Clean Air approached me about a project to reduce air pollution around schools, especially schools that are close to highways. And we sat and thought about this and thought, well, can trees function as a way to do that? And how can we evaluate it? So we conducted a very small study and at a particular school, and our findings suggested that trees could actually lower the number of particles. Hmm. So based on that research, I received a grant from the National Institutes of Health last year to research the impact of trees on air pollutants at not just one site, but at many sites all around the metro area. And we're in the middle of that research right now. We're going to be at 10 different locations throughout Metro Atlanta some with tree barriers and some without. And we're sampling the level of ultrafine particles at each of these different sites so that we can answer our hypothesis. And we want to know, those ultrafine particles, are they lower next to tree barrier sites and why? Hmm, what sort of factors do you think could be important in influencing um, your findings? Yeah, that's a good question. And we have some ideas based on past research and our own research. So local weather is definitely important. And that would be wind speed and also wind direction. And they are key because the air must travel through the tree barrier to have an effect. So we'll figure out what orientation is most important for the tree barrier to be to give the most benefit for the area next to it. Mm -hmm. We'll also be looking at the thickness of the tree barrier, how thick it is from the front near to the road further back onto the property or the site, and also the density of the leaves. We'll look at different types of trees that may be most effective, and we're expecting that evergreen pine trees with needles will have the most impact on particle numbers. And why evergreen pine trees? Why is that? So for one, because the needles have a large surface area where particles can stick and be removed from the air. 
and two because they're green all the time because if you have a beautiful deciduous tree barrier it's going to work very well in the summertime but in the winter time when there are no leaves it's not going to have much of an effect right let's talk about what you hope to gain once this study is done what are you hoping to learn so there's some data that trees can reduce particles but we're really just not sure yet how to get the most benefit. So how do you situate trees to serve as a filter? And what type of native trees do you use? In particular, in our areas in Atlanta, is it the evergreen trees that work really well? Or are there um, other trees that work better? Magnolia trees are green year round. Maybe they can work as well. So to really figure out what kind of trees are native and what works best. Our plan is to develop a set of best practices that can be used in policy and planning for the Southeast in particular about how to create a tree barrier that will be most effective. And people making laws around development need to think about this because existing mature trees will give the most benefit simply because they're larger. It's yet another reason to maintain our wonderful tree canopy since we are in um, the city in the forest, Atlanta. Right. And we need to integrate um, new development into our wonderful forest that we already have. Switching gears for a little bit, I want to ask you uh, a coronavirus-specific question because we've all seen these memes that are around about nature healing during the pandemic. And since you are studying air pollution, I'm curious whether this is actually grounded in something. How is the pandemic impacting air pollution and the concentration of these particles? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking that very same question myself, and there's definitely been some research popping up that's been looking at that question. So the social distancing measures and closures that have been implement- implemented across the country and the world have definitely impacted air quality. Um, many factories have cut back on production or they've shut down, meaning that their emissions have slowed or stopped together. Most people are working and going to school from home. So that means that there's no commute to work where here around Atlanta is mostly by car and therefore there's much less traffic and exhaust being produced. And that's really what's key to our ultrafine particle concentrations in our area. So it's really something I think to look at the morning news and see green on all the highways. So we know yes. that the traffic is definitely much, much less. So with that decrease in those sources, we've seen decreases in air pollution as well. You can, most of the data that's been able to be, to really look at this have been satellite data. And it has also been data from sites that are run to comply with EPA standards and EPA regulations. So that data has shown reductions in PM 2.5. That's a slightly larger size fraction of particles. They're less than 2.5. Are they still considered those ultrafine particles? No, ultrafine particles are less than 0.1. Right. So these are larger. Yeah, these are larger. So um, we've seen reduction in PM 2.5 for sure in lots of major cities. But I'm expecting that we would also see reductions in ultrafine particles because we have some of the same sources. But as of yet, 
I haven't seen any studies that have done that. Hopefully we'll get the data to be able to look into that specifically and for our area too. Interesting. So what is next for your research? So for us, we're interested in a couple of different areas related to our tree berry research. I'm interested in looking at interventions of tree planting in other areas where they don't have trees and also in new developments where we can keep a tree barrier there and compare that to another site where they have clean cut all the trees for that new development. So that's something that I'm interested in doing in the future. Tree barriers are part of a toolkit of many different measures that can be put into place to reduce air pollution exposure, especially to ultrafine particles. But there are others that can be used as well, such as air filtration systems to remove, to remove particles from the air from outdoors and indoors. And we spend a lot of time indoors. Mm -hmm. And that's especially can be effective for established neighborhoods that don't have any kind of tree barrier or any space to add a tree barrier. So looking at that and also looking a little bit different from tree barriers is to look at how different groups of people are disproportionately exposed to air pollution and how there are some groups that may be more susceptible. Um, thinking back what we were just talking about with um, coronavirus and air pollution, there are many studies and some preliminary evidence showing that people living in high air pollution areas are more susceptible to COVID-19. So really looking into what makes people susceptible to different infectious diseases or air pollution is something I'm interested in looking at in the future as well. Mm -hmm. And do you think that could also be driving some of the racial disparities that we're seeing in COVID-19 cases? Yes, that's definitely possible. With the studies that I've seen, some has been due to the air pollution being higher in those areas which are people of color neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And that's been shown in other studies as well, even some studies that I've done myself, of finding higher air pollution in areas that are higher um, black or Hispanic neighborhoods. I want to go back to something that you mentioned um, earlier in the interview, which is if you live less than 500 meters or about five blocks, right, from a large road or highway that you may, um, you know, be more at risk for exposure to these ultrafine particles. Mm -hmm. Do you have any practical advice for people who may already live in this zone that you discussed? What can people do to sort of mitigate their risk? Yes, I do. You can plant trees in your own yard. That's an area where you can control and you can plant trees there. Um, also, you can advocate for having more trees planted in your neighborhood as well. Adding trees on a neighborhood level and increasing the tree canopy has been shown to reduce air pollution um, on an area-wide level. You can also think about when you and your family exercise. So if you're breathing more rapidly and more deeply, you'll be getting a higher dose of pollutants um, than if you were sitting still. So you can time your workout so that you don't go out during high pollution days. You can get information on when that will be from EPA's air quality tool that's online, 
or times of the day when pollution is high, and that's typically during the morning or evening rush hours. And you can also think about location of where you're exercising, where you're walking your dog, or the route that you can take to school or to work and try to do those things in a green space far away from roadways or take paths that are less, he less heavily trafficked. And the last thing I would suggest is that you can clean your air indoors using a good HEPA filtration system, that's H-E-P-A, and those can be very effective because for ultrafine particles, which may be slightly different than larger particles. If you live in a place that's polluted outdoors, once you open your window, even just a little bit, the outdoor particles come directly indoors, especially for ultrafine particles. So being able to keep your windows closed in those cases and use a HEPA filtration system would really help. And when you're driving in your car, you can put your air conditioner on or just even if it's the heat, put it on recirculate. So that would mean that you're less exposed to the particles from outdoors of your car, which is really where we get a large dose is usually when we're traveling in our cars to and from work and other activities. Well, this has been totally fascinating and your research is so important. I think you've given our listeners a lot to think about and a lot of practical takeaways. So thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure, Jennifer. This has been the research podcast from Georgia State University featuring Dr. Christina Fuller, assistant professor in the School of Public Health. For more conversations about research taking place across Georgia State University, look for the research podcast wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes.